to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw-Flam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I'm Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. Before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. If you like our show and you would like to be a more integral part of our community, you can join us on Patreon, where we already have people um, supporting us and uh, getting early access to things like videos of interviews with guests and events when we have events. Um, If you want to join us, you can join us for as little as a dollar a month, which is uh, you go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com, and click Become a Patron at the top of the page. Um, It's super cool, and uh, really cool people are doing it. Um, (laughs) Daphne's pouring herself water in the background. (laughs) And I can't figure out how to mute it, so I'm just going to do that right now. That's fine. Glass full, we're good. (laughs) Well, I, I feel like that's actually a great introduction to the episode, because... It is hot, and uh, we are having to deal with it. Daphne, I feel like, loves it when it's hot. Um, <laughs> I She is from California, which actually, like, when I was growing up in Minnesota, the land of not hot, um, I always imagined that, like, all of California was hot all the time because of, like... When you see teen movies that take place in California, I feel like they're all in Southern California. She's Um, all that. Exactly. (laughs) But um, I now know that the part of California you are from is actually pretty temperate year-round. But um, I feel like you are a hot-weather person as opposed to a cold-weather person. Is that true Mm. or not really? It is true. It is very true. And uh, I actually don't know if it has to do with my upbringing. I actually really loved winters in California because they were so mild. Uh-huh. But, but that, that, that was my barometer of winter. <laughs> but for some reason, now, when it's, like, hot, humid, kind of sweaty, like, I feel like that's when I live my best life. Well, lucky <laughs> like, for you. Like, we live in New I'm, York. I feel like that's when I'm, like me that's when I thrive <laughs> I'm a weirdo well you're a good person to have on this episode because I do not have hot weather coping skills um having, <laughs> it's not that it never gets warm in Minnesota like you know we had air conditioners that we had to like put in and stuff but it's um it's not very much of the year and it's certainly not the way it is in New York where it's like 95 steamy, uh, disgusting. Um, and, uh, it can be hard on your body when it's so hot. Um, and so I thought we would do an episode about hot weather hacks. <laughs> I feel like when I say hacks, hot right now. it has to be like a weird way to use a kitchen sponge, which I don't think any of our hacks are actually hacks. So I thought we would talk about some ideas, things to think about when it's hot outside in terms of working out, in terms of eating, and also just in terms of life, because we've got some tips that help make hot weather manageable. Um, So I thought we would start with working out, because um, the summer is in some ways like the best time to work out, because a lot of people have more free time, either because they're not in school, or maybe they have summer Fridays, or maybe they go on a vacation. But it is not a joke when it's super hot outside and you're working out outside. Um, Mm. And so uh, 
I thought we could talk about some tips for working out when it's really hot. Yeah. So working outdoors, working out outdoors when it's really hot. I am going to say a term that I've said before in previous episodes, but it's a term called general adaptation syndrome or gas. It's a gas. So it's gas. Uh, essentially, it states that when we apply a certain experience or a certain amount of stress on the body, uh, it becomes it with it learns to withstand it over time, and that's how we get stronger and stronger. So, in the world of exercise, when you run a mile, you know, then you rest, you get stronger, you're able to run a mile and a half the next time you go. I apply this to warm weather as well. When you start, if you have the desire in the summer to be outdoorsy and to move outside, whether it's running or doing outdoor workouts or playing beach volleyball or just building up to the extreme heat. So my whole thing is easing into it when like, like degree by degree. So I would not recommend doing an insane run outdoors when it's maybe like 97 degrees full on sunshine, 2 PM in the afternoon with maybe like a hundred percent humidity. Maybe I wouldn't do a five mile run that day, but if it's like easing into the seventies and eighties, why don't you try maybe two or two and a half or three miles and start to get your body physically used to the sensations of being in the heat and also mentally and emotionally being in that experience. Because then the next time when it's five degrees hotter, it's not going to feel like so much of a shock. And there are a lot of benefits to working out outdoors. I think it's really great to get vitamin D. I think the fresh air is critical. I think being in New York when I find for a vast, a huge chunk of the year being outdoorsy is not necessarily an option. I mean, maybe for others it is, but for me personally, I don't think it's an option. Cause you get too <laughs> um, cold. You know? Right. Exactly. Cause I get too cold. Whereas in California, it's um, uh, the weather never actually hinders you from doing anything outdoors, even in say January, February, March, whereas that is, I, I find in my personal experience and reality here in New York that that deters me from working out outside. We had a few four degree weather days this past January and that was brutal, but, uh, easing into it. So if you have, if you, uh, so starting off slow and say it is that 95 degree day and there's some outdoorsy stuff going on, uh, wear a hat, wear sunglasses, have on sunscreen and make sure you are hydrated. That being said, ultimately, I think easing yourself into it um, as the weather gets hotter is important. And it's also the same thing for winter as well. So easing into it so that you gradually, gradually get used to running in like 35 degrees versus just going from maybe 70 to, you know, 35. Something that you have said before for um, like working out when you travel and stuff um, that I think makes a lot of sense for when you're getting used to warmer weather too is to put yourself... um, like to make a plan where if you need to shorten your workout, you're not abandoned like miles mm-hmm. from your house. So yeah. instead of doing like planning like a five mile loop, maybe plan like a one mile loop that you can totally. do multiple times just yep. so that like if you do the first loop and you're like, oh man, it's hotter than I expected. I feel worse than I expected. Then you're not, you know, stranded far from where you mm-hmm. need to be. Yeah. Yeah. 
I feel like that happens sometimes with people on hikes. It's like, totally. Yeah. You're, you're out there. You're two and a half miles out. And to get back, you either go two and a half miles one way to finish the loop that way, or you go back the same way you came, but it's still another two and a half miles and you can't just cut straight through because forest. Mm -hmm. Um, so being smart and making sure you stay safe so that you are always near your home base when you are doing an outdoor workout or an outdoor run or an outdoor hike, I think is very smart. I think there's this notion of like perfect weather. And I actually think it's rare. Like I, I think it's rare. And, and everyone in New York gripes about the whole like extremity, like how extreme our weather is. <laughs> like it's freezing in the winter and then it's hot and humid in the summer. And I'm always just like, everyone stop complaining. And even though I feel like the exact same way, yeah, it's so extreme. And because it is so kind of rare for what one would deem as perfect weather. And then what, so I'm just talking like, I don't know, like seventies and sunny with a breeze. Right. <laughs> like really, how often does that actually happen here? So as a result of that, we, I, I feel like if you are passionate about outdoor workouts and if you love being outside and you just happen to live somewhere where the weather is extreme, starting to kind of rework your mindset to just not really expect that perfect day. And then when you do get a perfect day or when you get a slew of perfect days or when you get some perfect weeks, great, enjoy it. But to not be dependent on that for your outdoor experience. How are we going to hydrate? You're going to hydrate by drinking a lot of water. <laughs> we need to make sure you have minerals in you. So my trick so this is something that I do if, if, in terms of the specificity of when I do this in the past, it was when I would go on really long training runs. And so I'm thinking like six miles and over. That being said, I do not necessarily do that anymore, or I don't go on six mile training runs anymore. I mean, and that's just my life right now is I run, I don't know, three, <laughs> four miles, um, because that's what's feeling very good and intuitive in my body right now. That being said, electrolytes. So electrolytes, salt, uh, we have this big fear of, we have this big fear of getting so dehydrated that oftentimes what happens is uh, I'll, I'll talk about two sides of the coin. So one side is that you are just not hydrated enough at all. And then you do start working out and you do get really thirsty and you do, you are sweating and the, the sweat is leaving white marks on your face. And, and so that's how, you know, yeah, that's a telltale sign that you are dehydrated. However, that being said, I weirdly enough used to see more of the opposite. Overhydration. And so the opposite was overhydration in which you have flushed out too many minerals and then the fatigue is coming from the lack of minerals and the lack of salt in your system and the lack of electrolytes in your system and not from the lack of water. And then that's when, especially in my world of race coaching, that's when you have to give someone Gatorade. That's when you have to put a salt packet in their water. Um, that's when you have to have them like eat a banana right then and there. So two sides to the coin. And really it depends on the individual, if it's a more recreational day, then just hydration before, during, and after is fine of whatever it is you're doing. I'm just going to use like beach volleyball as, as the example. Um, but 
also, if you are training for something and it is a designated amount of mileage in which you are doing it outside, also make sure that the electrolytes, minerals, and salt are very um, readily accessible before, during, and after your workout. So, yeah, and just like, you know, Gatorade, like I've said it before, like, yeah, there's sugar in it. So what? <laughs> you're running six miles, like you're going to need it. Totally. Yeah, I think that's one of those things where, so when I talked to Christ, uh, Christia Schwanden, who wrote Good to Go, which is all about recovery, um, she said that um, more people have died running marathons and being overhydrated. Yeah. Than, yeah. Like far more than from being underhydrated. Um, and that's not to say like, don't drink water. Obviously you should drink water, but like, um, those electrolytes are real (laughs) and they matter. And this is a place where it's like a good place to use your intuition. Like, are you thirsty? You should probably drink something. Um, are you feeling like a little out of it? Like some Gatorade or some salt or, you know, a snack might be a great idea. Um, so yeah. And also like hydrate throughout your day. Don't just like guzzle a bunch of water right before you go for a run because that will make you feel bad. Yeah. You should be hydrating throughout the day to begin with. There's no set amount of water one should be drinking a day. It's different for every human body. It's different based off of your, of your physical activity levels. And what Christy said is completely on point. I mean, in the world of, and, and yes, I know this is a little specific to race training and marathons and half marathons, but it's called hyponatremia and hyponatremia is when your cells are engorged with water because the balance is so off in your body because you've drank so much water that there is, there are, there's no balance between the electrolyte content in your cells and then they get swollen and yeah. And it's just, it's like bad news bears. And the problem is that a lot of the symptoms look similar to dehydration. So people then like, the like I know so then they guzzle water either they guzzle water or the medical staff treats them with um by hydrating them and IV yeah yeah so anyway totally that's kind of so yeah that's (laughs) not going to happen to you on your leg day in the park but the the point is drink water you'll be fine drink water to thirst like bring water with you or know where there are water fountains um and uh if if having a Gatorade makes you feel good then that's a good sign that it's a good uh uh tool for you People are so afraid of salt. Yeah. Like, that's something I have to, like, I'm just going to go on the record, and I'm going to say this, but everyone's fear of salt uh, and having turned it into this terrible thing, you know, go back and listen to our salt and sodium episode. What mm-hmm. did we do? Yeah. In which I, I let you guys know salt and sodium are not the same thing. <laughs> and sodium is a completely different thing than just salt. Um, but yeah, like we need it. Like we do, we do. It actually helps balance us out a little bit more. And then here's another thing too, this whole kind of obsession with de-bloating and everyone thinks salt is so bloating and salt is like the most puffy thing. Like it's not the salt itself. It's the other things surrounding the salt that make you puffy, like alcohol you're drinking when you're (laughs) eating the salty foods and like other things in the foods. It's like, it's not this, it's not just the salt and actually, um, overhydration can also lead to an imbalance 
in your skin tone, skin dryness. Sometimes your skin will be too dry if you overhydrate. Like it's kind of crazy what's going on right now. That being said, don't be afraid of salt. Um, it's not really the enemy and you will probably most likely be more de-bloated if you have a balance of salt and water in your system um, versus your body retaining too much water because it doesn't have enough minerals in it. Right. Um, Anywho. What are we going to wear when we're working out and it's super hot? Mm, okay. So uh, my take on attire is when you wear workout clothing that wicks sweat away from you as quickly as possible, that will keep you much cooler. So the beauty of workout clothing technology is that for the most part, any actual, and if you wear workout attire that is specifically designed for exercise, it should be wicking. That's what it's called. And then it depends on your preference for how much sun you get. I'm it's like very specific with me. Like I always run in a tank top, you know, you might want to run, not you, Joanna, specifically. I'm just like, <laughs> but I might me, want to run um, in a full burka, to be like, honest. Yeah, yeah, like a, a t-shirt or a light long sleeve. Um, essentially anything that wicks the sweat away. And another thing, too, is I cannot run in leggings in the summer because I just can't for some reason. I have to be in, like, comfortable shorts. And I find that with attire, just thinking of the... the the, the main things are thinking about wicking the sweat away from your body and covering what you feel like you need to cover in terms of your degree of comfort with sun exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't yeah. outrun the sun. And so mm-hmm. if you're going to be out for an hour and you're working out, that is not different from being out for an hour and lying out. You need to wear your sunscreen. You need to wear it not just on your body, but also on your face, um, on your ears if you're wearing a baseball cap because your little ears are sticking out. Um, yeah, got to protect that skin. And can we talk about the third and final thing? Mm-hmm. Chafing. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Oh, That's why I cannot wear shorts basically ever when I work out is because like, for me, it's a chafing nightmare. Um, and so I wear leggings year round. So I will take us like a s- scoop of Vaseline. Just and rub I it slather, all up on there. Slather it in my inner thighs, get it all up in there, and that'll last me like 90 minutes. <laughs> and I know this because it would be like back in the days of race coaching. I could feel it like two hours later if I was still running. Not like the whole time, but if I were like coaching mm-hmm. and I'd be like, oh, I need to go back and get some more Vaseline. Reapply. Chafing uh, sucks. And it happens everywhere, inner thighs, sports bra, the arms, um, especially if you have a tank top that has, it's like if your arm is rubbing back and forth against where the tank top is under your armpit, if it's something that's going to chafe you. This is why actually investing in workout clothing that's specifically designed for working out in versus maybe a, oh my God, I've had, I used to like way back in the day when I was like 23 or 24. I used to love running in just like ribbed tank tops. Yeah. I don't know why. I was, this was before my whole, you know, athletic, like this was before I really got into like athletic wear um, and athletic clothing. And I would just run in like ribbed tank tops. And I mean, I had runs in which like my arms were bleeding. <laughs> like, well, the other thing is like <laughs> running in the straight up cotton, like 
Um, I, my sister and my husband and I ran a race together where like the race t-shirt was just like a cotton t-shirt. It wasn't like a tech shirt or like wicking at all. And it was super hot and humid. So we were all wearing these just like cotton t-shirts. We got super sweaty and hot. And then we all went to brunch in an air conditioned (laughs) restaurant and we felt terrible because (laughs) turns out when you like you also, you basically want to keep yourself as dry as possible. And that yeah. means as soon as you're done working out, take off your wet clothes. Specifically, uh, don't yeah. go sit in air conditioning for an hour in your oh wet God. clothes. Because we yeah. all started to feel super nauseous and bad. So yeah. uh, don't do what we did. It's like Then you run the risk of the opposite, which is like hypothermia. I mean, that's being a little dramatic, but so true. I yeah. mean, it was not fun. So, like, you can get all these different types of things, like, use Vaseline, Glide is what they call it. You don't even need to buy Glide. I, I honestly think Vaseline works just fine, but Glide, it's like a stick mm-hmm. of stuff that you can just do in your inner thighs, just your sports bra line, like, just wherever. I mean, I literally have to put it everywhere. And, uh, like, on my chest, I have to do it on my arms. Like, it just, it's just, yeah, chafing. It's a real thing. That being said, um... Then I too agree with you, Joanna, the second your workout is done, get out of those clothes, like for various reasons, but like, Mm -hmm. um, it's like, you know, for your own kind of comfort and to, I always bring at least a clean shirt to change into. And then if I have the ability, because a clean shirt, you can just, I, I will just do that like out in the park. But if I have the ability to like go into a bathroom, I will also change my sports bra and my top because that is exactly the case. If you are in sweaty clothing, you're going to be really uncomfortable throughout the rest of the day. That being said, if you are in sweaty clothing that dries very quickly, like if you've invested in some really good pieces, that might not be as prevalent for you. I personally have had to... Like I, so I guess my, my example is like either doing some type of outdoor workout in the morning on a Saturday, whether it's a run or a hit at workout and then everyone going to brunch afterwards, like I will change my top and also to feel cute. Right. For the brunch. (laughs) Um, So other than, other than taking off those wet clothes, are there other things you suggest for recovering from a hot weather workout? Like, yeah, definitely. So definitely chugging some water. You will most likely be thirsty. And if you're not thirsty, like take a couple of sips and just like see where you're at, but you will most likely be a little thirsty. Uh, And then essentially what I like to do, what I recommend is after a hot weather workout, wait don't force feed yourself anything let your appetite come back naturally that makes sense because the the tendency is to try to eat something right away and or or that's what no that's not the tendency it's what we're told it's what we're told in the world of working out right you must you don't eat eat recovery fuel immediately yeah which is just not the case so the human body tells us what it needs and the human body will give us signals. I challenge anyone out there to go from an outdoor sweaty run into being able to like eat something right away. I feel like the human body, the temperature is so high. You have an internal kind of fever in your body. It takes a while before your body temperature goes down before your appetite comes back. 
and that's why sometimes people feel a little nauseous too, even after or before or during and after a workout outdoors. And it's just because your body temperature is high. It's no big deal. It's going to come back down. You know, it'll totally come back down and then your appetite will kick in and then you can go ahead and eat some recovery foods. But I, uh, unless you finish the workout and you are starving, then of course eat something like, yay, you know, great. Good for you. Um, yeah, eat your recovery meal then. But for the most part, I think being intuitive and letting your internal hunger cues, letting your body temperature drop, and then actually letting your hunger cues tell you when you need food is the best way to refuel post-workout outdoors. Um, in terms of when it's too hot to work out outside, um, mm-hmm. part of this is like, does it feel too hot to you? Then it's too hot for you. <laughs> yeah, Totally. So I have definitely experienced situations in which I was like, this is not comfortable, Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like, what is this? That was weird. It was almost worse because it was so dry. Mm -hmm. It was was triple digits. I mean, it was... um, Yeah, yeah. Everyone has a different threshold. That was not my threshold. I don't (laughs) think that was anyone's threshold, to be honest with you. So I think in terms of uh, an actual degree. I think that in terms of, uh, it is going to be different based off of human or human based from like person to person. That being said, when it does hit triple digits, I think in my mind, just kind of across the board, I think if it hits triple digits, like it just, you know, too much. Just cut it. Yeah. Yeah. Just just cut it. You know, yeah. You don't have also, to force it. You can pay attention to, to the um, weather report because uh, this, this happens in New York. I'm not sure how much it happens other places, um, but there will be like air quality warnings when it gets mm-hmm. to a certain amount of heat because the like particulate matter in the air can be not so good. Um, so then it makes sense that like going outside and like breathing really heavily for an hour is not a great plan. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. Air quality index. Yeah. So pay attention to that sort of thing. If your weather on your phone is like, "Mm, don't go breathe a bunch outside, then like, Mm. don't go breathe a bunch outside. You can do something else. And that's totally totally fine. There will be another day. Yeah. I think it was so, there were all those wildfires in California for Mm. so many months, like way back when it was like, what? November. I actually don't remember when they were, but the air quality index was terrible. <laughs> the air quality index was, it was off the charts. Yeah. And, um, it was to the point where it wasn't even safe to like be outside. It was really awful, really scary. But was I running outdoors then? No, I was not. Did the air quality index return to normal very quickly? Yes, it did. We had a big rainy day and then all of a sudden it was great again. But that being said, I think that checking the stats is important and or, or the statistics or just checking the data of what is happening on that given day. And then also if it's unbearable for you to just stand outside, then it's probably going to be unbearable for you to work out. Outside. Right. Uh, and yeah. uh, a good tip is it's cooler usually in the mornings and later in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if it's, yeah. um, if you have an outdoor place to work out during those times where it's safe to do so, um, try that. Um, you know, whether that's like waking up early, um, or, um, going later, we've talked before a lot about like safety issues running at night. Um, be really careful. We're not going to tell you to like go for a run in the woods by yourself at night. (laughs) That's not a great idea. Um, but if there is a safe way to work out at either end of the day, that's a good way to escape sort of the brutal temperatures. Yeah. And another thing too is 
Oh, and then you can, or you could be not like me, in which some days I wait until 2 p.m. And I'm like, ah, That's good. The, the sun worst is part of the day. The sun is the highest, but this will be like maybe 70s, you know, 77 degrees. Um, yeah, so time of day. Uh, and then another thing to pay attention to, and this you can either use to your advantage or not, but the wind speed. Mm. So if it's a little bit breezier, if the wind speed is maybe in the high single digits or the low double digits, it's going to feel breezier. It's going to make your run harder, but it's going to feel like the air is moving. And especially if you're running into it. And then in my case, I actually don't like the wind. <laughs> I like my wind speed at maybe like a two miles per hour. Yeah. So when I see it's, it's like 17 some days here, that, those are the days when I don't run. <laughs> makes sense. Well, I feel like those are some good um, hot weather hacks for working out. Um, mm -hmm. I want to talk about eating when it's super hot. Um, because yeah. what you were talking about with like, um, when your internal temperature is high, like your body sort of naturally doesn't want to eat stuff. I think that can be a problem um, for some people throughout the whole summer is that like, it's hard to have an, it can be hard to have an appetite when it's really hot. Um, and so I thought I would suggest some hydrating foods and some ideas for making food for yourself that don't heat up your whole house. Um, so when you look up hydrating foods, uh, wild guess as to what kinds of foods are the most hydrating, fruits and vegetables, <laughs> giant surprise. So, um, things like cucumbers, watermelon, zucchini, strawberries, tomatoes, it makes sense that like all these sort of like juicy, watery fruits and vegetables, um, are going to be hydrating. And so... Also, not surprisingly, those are things we like to eat in the summer and that are, like, ripe in the summer. Um, so enjoy those foods while they are uh, in season. Um, you know, uh, cucumbers, you don't even have to do anything to them. You can just slice them and eat them with hummus or with ranch or uh, on their own or whatever. Uh, watermelon, don't have to do anything to that. You just eat it. Um, also, uh, a lot of um, like dairy products like yogurt and cottage cheese are really hydrating because they're actually like largely water <laughs> in addition to the milk fat. Um, and that's something else you don't have to cook. You can like throw some strawberries and some yogurt and you've got yourself a hydrating breakfast. Uh, so hydrating foods, um, looking at those fruits and veggies, just another reason why fruits and vegetables are the best. Yeah, I even noticed... In my new apartment, my old apartment would get really hot if I used my oven. I think it's just across the board. Am I right? Like, mm -hmm. you're, you're going to have some heat in your kitchen if you turn on the oven. Totally. And, yeah, yeah when it's, like, 97 degrees outside, you don't necessarily... Also, you're probably not even really craving vegetables. Or, I mean, roasted vegetables. Or, like, things that might be really hot. And, I mean, I'll roast vegetables anytime. But I think this is a big lesson in being super intuitive with what your body is really craving at any given moment throughout the summer. Yeah. Here are some of my other favorite meals where you don't have to cook or you can like cook one time and then eat it for a long time. So you only have to heat up the kitchen once. Um, so obviously salads. Um, salads are like the classic 
cold food. I never feel like eating salads in the winter. Um, in the summer, I actually sometimes feel like eating salads because it's nice to have something cool. It's, a lot, it's hydrating. You can put lots of different stuff in there. Hooray for salad. Um, gazpacho. Uh, you can make it in a blender. You just like throw your tomatoes and your spices and stuff in there. Um, I'll include uh, some recipes in our show notes. Um, but I know some people think that cold soup is weird. Um, maybe think of it as having salsa for dinner. Uh, <laughs> you can just change your perspective. Um, rice noodles. Rice noodles are great because um, they cook super fast and then you can eat them cold. And usually you can just like boil water and then you don't even like have the noodles sit in a actively cooking thing of water. You like boil the water pour it over the noodles, let them sit for three minutes and they're done. So you're not sitting there with like an open pot of boiling water heating up your kitchen. Um, I usually use my like teapot so it doesn't uh, heat up as much. Um, and then you can mix that with like whatever salady stuff or sauces or whatever. It's very delicious. Um, obviously sandwiches. <laughs> um, you can eat a sandwich. It's okay to eat a sandwich. Uh, it's okay to eat a wrap. Um, you can even make yourself like little cute um, like appetizery things where you like make a little roll roll up wrap and then you cut it into slices, pinwheels, uh, make that party fun party food for yourself. You deserve your own party <laughs> in the summer. Um, metze uh, is one of my favorite ways to eat, especially when it's hot. So, and that's something where like you can go all out and like make a bunch of stuff. Or you can, like, go to the store, buy some Greek yogurt, buy some hummus, buy some baba ganoush, get some, uh, you know, hum like uh, pita, and that can be dinner. There's protein in there. There are carbohydrates in there. There are vegetables in there. Like, you don't have to get fancier than that. You can just eat yourself a plate of snacks. Um, for me, smoothies are not a meal other than at breakfast, but if smoothies feel like a meal to you other times... That's another thing you don't have to cook. Um, bean salads. Um, I have a good bean salad recipe that I'll put in the show notes um, where it's like proteiny and summery, but you don't have to cook anything because I buy pre-cooked beans in cans because I don't have all day <laughs> to make beans. Um, and uh, summer rolls are also really fun. Um, and that's a fun one if you're like having people over. Um, where you like, you can buy the summer roll wrappers at the store. They just come in like a stack. Um, I can get them at my regular grocery store, but you can also get them at like an Asian specialty store where you just like dip the wrappers in water, put your like veggies and shrimp or whatever in the middle, roll it up, make a peanut sauce. Delicious. Uh, yeah. So those are some of my favorite meals you don't have to cook. Um, do you have other favorite like summer foods that you eat? Yeah, I feel like in the summertime, well, I, I do a ton of gazpacho mm. where I throw everything that I, like essentially my haul from the farmer's market on any given day, I'll essentially put all of it in a blender with olive oil, red wine vinegar, and a ton of salt and pepper. And it's the best thing ever, especially if you use tomatoes as your base. And then you can throw in, of course, basil and celery and carrots and spinach and whatever you picked up. Um, so another thing that I like to do, <laughs> this is going to sound kind of random, 
but I just similar to you, like I crave really kind of cruciferous, um, crunchy, refreshing things. But, and for me, the big thing is a flavor profile I crave in the winter or in the summers. So I really crave things that are very acidic. I like things mm. with lime juice. I like things that have a lot of vinegar in them that have like a bit of a bite to them. So cooking things like, <laughs> like a big thing right now is, is larb. And essentially it's just like a, it's like, you know, you get like ground chicken or ground turkey or ground lamb and you just kind of stir fry all of that up with lime juice and scallions and all of these different spices and, um, and then you eat it in lettuce wraps. Delicious. Yeah. So that's, that's a good, that's a good thing. And then you top it with like peanuts and some chilies and some cucumbers and more lime juice. I think it's a, it's like a dish from Laos. It's an Asian dish. Mm-hmm. So I find myself in the summertime. So that's when I crave a certain flavor profile and I actually crave more like lively, fresh, bright things on my palate and also kind of like more Asian flavors. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of, kind of Mexican. <laughs> so I love yeah. it. Yeah. So that's, that's my, my preference in the summertime. Three cooking appliances that I think are especially great in the summer are rice cookers, slow cookers, and instant pots. And those are all ways you can cook things without heating up your kitchen because they're like self-contained. I think a lot of times people think of slow cookers or instant pots for the winter because they're thinking like stews and, and stuff like that. But it's actually awesome for the summer because you don't have to turn on your oven or boil things on your stove. So check them out. Um, the last I realized larb was actually something you do cook, but yeah, but you're cooking it like in a pan for like a relatively short period of time instead of like in your oven for hours. So I'll count Mm -hmm. it. It's allowed. Um, there in the category. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the last thing I was going to say is you still need to eat protein, even though it's the summer, you will feel bad if you only eat vegetables or if you only eat carbs, you still need protein uh, in addition to those other things. So figure out whether it's like your bean salad or your hummus or your larb, whatever it is, make sure you're still eating protein because otherwise you will be sad and hungry, probably. Hungry. <laughs> um, yes. The last thing I wanted to talk about was some life hacks for hot weather. Um, and the first one goes back to when you were talking about chafing with working out. Um, I have that problem all summer, whether I'm working out or not. Because, oh, yeah. Same. Like dresses? Yes. Dresses and shorts. I am not a person with thigh gap. So that means that like anytime it's hot, anytime my like legs are touching each other, I have a chafing problem. And I think it is true for many more people than we used to talk about. But the wellness and beauty world is getting into this. And there are a few suggestions. So... Going back to what you said before, Vaseline, still totally an option for every everyday wear as well as for working out. Um, there are also um, a couple products. Uh, Body Glide for her um, is like in a stick format, like a deodorant stick almost, and you just like rub it uh, between your thighs. Um, there's one called Mega Babe Thigh Rescue, um, and that's a similar style of thing. I like that name. I do too. Um, and then if you want sort of a different style of thing, um, Lush has a product called Silky Underwear Powder, which <laughs> I might be a little embarrassed to like say out loud, but this is what the internet is for. Um, so you can order things without having to uh, talk about them. 
Um, and it's like a body powder that you put, um, you can, you know, use it for like your chafing spots or just for like feeling dry in general. Um, that's scented, I believe. So you'd want to make sure that the scent is a scent that you like. Um, but people seem to really like that too. If you want something that's more like powdered and drying instead of like a stick. Um, so those are all some options. I'm going to try some of those this summer for sure. Um, my tried and true method is bike shorts. Um, <laughs> I wear bike shorts under dresses all the time because, um, partly because I am an improv teacher and I teach kids. So if I want to wear dresses, um, I need to like have modesty shorts, but bonus, um, keeps my thighs from chafing. And now I get all these Instagram ads from companies that specifically sell shorts for wearing under dresses. So uh, uh -huh. there are lots of Thanks. options now. Um, do like a, a one Google search for shorts to wear under dresses and you'll probably get endless ads for the rest of your life. Um, and, uh, yeah, Vaseline, probably the least expensive option. And my little hack mm -hmm. is, so I sweat a ton. I am just a sweaty human. Uh, I appreciate that I'm a sweaty human. It is just a thing. My, I, I always say, oh, it's because, you know, the more, the more you work out, anytime you move, then your body thinks you're warming up for a workout. So it just gets you sweating sooner. So if I'm rushing for the subway, I will start sweating instantaneously and then throw in a 97 degree day in New York. And it is, um, a sweat like festival. Human. Yeah. It's super sweaty. And I'm also a hugger. So I literally will carry a small towel with me. Sure. And I use it just like for my back and shoulders because I'm always in tank tops and my forehead. And that way, and then even when I like give my clients a hug, when I see them and I arrive and I'm drenched, I always just say like, yeah, give me a hug. Don't touch my back, but give me a hug. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know, air hug. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of unapologetically sweaty. Like I embrace it, but yeah, carry a little towel with you. And that way also you are not wiping your face with your hands. I was going to say, um, my sister-in-law is Japanese and I think it's much more common there to carry like almost like a handkerchief, but specifically for dabbing sweat. Um, I think they sell them at Muji. Um, and they're like cute. They have like little designs on them and stuff. You can throw them in your bag. It's not, you don't have to have like a whole huge towel. I know, I know calling like a handkerchief a hack is like kind of a stretch, but most, many of us don't think to carry it and, um, it can be really nice. Um, the last thing I was going to talk about is something that my sister turned me on to, which is, um, it can be like, we all know we're supposed to carry water with us and not like buy disposable water bottles and all that stuff. But a water bottle can be heavy and it can take up a lot of room in your bag. And if you're trying to pull off like a cute summery small purse look, um, it like that can be part of the decision is like, well, I can either have this bag or I can have a water bottle, but I can't do both. But there are now these collapsible water bottle bags, basically, where like the part that you put the water in is shaped more like a... Um, heavy-duty plastic um, bag, and then it has, like, a little um, sippy part at the top. So when you fill it up, it's like a water bottle, but when it's empty, it's super light, and you can roll it up and just stick it in your bag. 
Um, and hers has like a little clip at the top, so you can clip it to, to your um, purse string uh, while you have it filled up. Um, but I think that is a great solution to always being able to carry a water bottle with you if you don't necessarily want to commit to like the extra size and weight. Um, I'll put a link to the kind of thing I'm talking about, but they're very yeah. cool. Yeah, because that's the thing. Water gets heavy and then just having a big water bottle taking up space when you do when you have finished it like when you have finished your water i think that is so cool that it's collapsible and if you have just like a cute little purse that way you can just shove it in there that's right and another thing speaking about like super sweaty clothes throwing a little bit of baking soda in the wash when you do your laundry will kill any sweat bacteria or you can just buy a designated sports wash so that's another thing too. That's a hack that, or I don't know if that's a hack, but that's just like a, I feel like baking soda in the laundry is like legitimately a hack. It's that's yeah. like 40, 43 right. new uses for a sponge. The hack I'm going to own then. And then if you want, you can also just buy like specifically a sports wash, which you add to your detergent and it's just like, you just mm-hmm. throw in a little dash of it and it's going to, it probably has like vinegar and baking soda and all those things in it that kill all the bacteria in your sweaty clothes. And then another thing I've been using a lot lately is um, people are starting to come out with these kind of amazing sprays or mist things for your face. I feel like the traditional one, I, I feel like back in the day, starting in like the nineties, maybe eighties and nineties, it was like Evian spray. Right, right. And so now that that has that is far advanced. And now there are a lot of sprays that are for your face right after you've been sweating or if you are sweating or if you have just finished your workout and they are, yes, sprays for your face where it's just like mist and hydration in the sense that yes, it's very cooling and hydrating, but there's an antibacterial property to it. So it helps prevent breakouts and your pores from getting clogged and like the makeup from seeping into your pores if you are wearing makeup. So um, that's another thing too. So it just kind of like kills any of the stuff on your face that you do not want. So that's something that I have found really helpful because I was actually noticing I was getting little breakouts around my forehead from all my workouts. And then just by um, that, even like washing my face wasn't quite getting, or I didn't have access to like a sink right. afterwards. So just doing a little bit of this spray. And then the brand I use is called Athea. So A-T-H-I-A. And it's just, it's on there. But I think when it comes to skincare and also making sure that your pores stay very happy, that is another hack that I do. Awesome. Uh, well, a little roundup of our hot weather hacks for this hot, hot summer. Um, basically, when it comes to working out, Um, you just want to make sure that you let yourself get used to it because your body um, will take what you throw at it, get used to it, and then the next time you do it, it'll feel easier. Um, You want to wear wicking clothing so that you're not sitting around in wet clothes. You also want to wear sun protection, hat, sunglasses, sunscreen, all that stuff. Um, You want to make sure that you're hydrating, but hydrate to thirst so that you're not like overhydrating and throwing off your electrolytes. Um, When you recover. It's okay to wait until you're hungry to eat something. Get those sweaty clothes off as soon as you can. Um, And if it's too hot, it's too hot. Don't work out if it's too hot. Just don't do it. You don't have to. There's no prize. 
Um, <laughs> as far as eating goes, um, there are lots of things that you can eat that are hydrating and that you don't have to cook. Um, I'll have some uh, recipes in our show notes. Um, and uh, just don't, don't leave out the protein. You still need it even though it's hot outside. Uh, and then uh, we're going to be spraying and uh, rubbing and powdering and doing all sorts of stuff to keep ourselves chafe-free uh, as we wear our uh, dresses and shorts this summer. We're going to be carrying our collapsible water bottles, even with our cute little summer purses. I don't have a small purse. I can only have a big purse. But in an imaginary world where I have a cute small purse, I would use a collapsible water bottle. Um, and, uh, and doing all that stuff. Because really the truth is, for any extreme weather, it's all about your perspective and it's all about your preparation. And as long as you have a good attitude and you're prepared, you can have a great time, whether it's super hot or super cold. Daphne agrees. <laughs> I do agree. Yeah, I think a shift in perspective is so powerful. And perhaps when the weather gets very cold and, you know, I'm sitting at home being like, I don't want to go outside. Maybe I should have that shift in perspective. <laughs> Bring on the 97 degree days. Awesome. Thanks, Daphne. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes, help subscribing, and to join us on Patreon, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Just One More Pod, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Just One More Podcast, or you can email us at info at Just One More Podcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Um, but we're going to talk about ways to um, deal with hot weather. <coughs> mm. Sorry, I got scratchy. <coughs> yeah, so on my subway ride, I was eating this trail mix that is, of course, covered in ranch. Like It's like ranch trail mix, so it's like a powder. And so I thought it was good, and then we started recording, and I was like, the powder is still in my body. <laughs> the powder is going down the wrong channel. Oh, no. So I was like... <coughs> I think I'm good now, but I I feel, yeah, I empathize. Thank you. The powder. So. Artificial (laughs) ranch powder. (laughs) So good. Uh, uh, Okay.